Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? I am doing fantastic, my friend. How about yourself? You know, I'm doing really, really well. Uh, happy Halloween to you, Bell. Absolutely. Happy Halloween to yourself. Yeah, of course, as we record the show on Wednesday night, it is the week of Halloween. It has come and gone. I got to ask you, man, did you go trick-or-treating? What costume did you wear? I mean, I know everybody was really wondering, uh, did Belle ring that grod and go as Gorilla Grodd for, uh, for Halloween? Okay, so downtown I went as my monk costume, but for my Spooky Sunday costume edition, I went as Gorilla Grodd, and I wore my gorilla costume, and <laughs> my dog, Corgan Dallas, was very perplexed. Uh, I, I I tweeted a photo out of me holding him, and he's like looking at me with his ears kind of like, you know, down, and he's like, "What is going on, dude?" But I, uh, I totally missed this. This was on, this is on Twitter. This is on Twitter. Yeah. What's up now? Did you trick or treat? I, I guess in your, you know, I've I've been to your your apartment complex or, or your condo minium area. What do, what do you call the building that you're in? It, uh, the the area is called the domain. Yeah, yeah, the domain. It's a bunch of like techie uh hipsters i mean it's there's not like a, I, there's not a ton of kids running around so you probably didn't have much trick-or-treaters no i, ha- I had no one come by thankfully <laughs> man no, uh, dude trick-or-treaters are fun dude we uh we- no no it's 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 great but like there I, I, I mean in an apartment like like mine where you like walk down the hallway i don't know it's just not when, when i was living in a house in north austin it was it was a lot better we had all sorts of kids and that was sort of like it was super fun but uh I just I, I wasn't prepared mainly, which is why I was glad nobody came. I I bought a bunch of candy for my spooky Sunday stuff and proceeded to eat it all uh, <laughs> before there were any trick or treaters coming by. So so there's that. <laughs> Look at you. Okay, I got I got your uh, I got your, uh, <laughs> your picture up and rolling. Poor Corgan. <laughs> I know. <what> the, <laughs> I love that photo of him. He's great. like, rescue me, Barry. Where are you? <laughs> Anyone? Caitlin, please kill it. Kill him. Kill it. Oh man, like that's somebody, right? That's great, man. Uh well, good, good for you. Uh, th- that's good for you. Uh, you, you, uh, you rocking that gorilla grog costume. Uh, for me, man, as I, I do, we, uh, we had a great, we had a great time. The whole family went as superheroes, so we had kind of a, a superhero family. We had a, a little Batgirl and a little Spider Girl. My wife went as Wonder Woman, and uh, and I went as the Flash. Uh, and and here's my thing. I was kind of going back and forth because. Um, there was some debate. Uh, some people in the family wanted me to go Batman. The other people wanted me to go flash. Obviously, you know, daddy's vote counts as two because <laughs> I don't have a Batman costume and I've got a flash costume. So that also well, is go. part of it, but I don't really have a flash costume. I got my flash shirt. And so this is what I did. I wore my flash shirt and it's the classic, you know, yellow lightning over white, uh, logo. And it's not the, not the TV logo. It's, it's the classic comics logo. Well, so here's the deal. I, I wear that shirt and I think, you know what? I'm, I'm going to wear my Jay Garrick helmet as well. Uh, I love it. You know, if you've seen my Facebook uh, profile picture, it's me rocking that Jay Garrick helmet. I, I love it. I, I love to wear it every single chance I get. Whenever we're at work, whenever we have a new product launch, I always put on the Jay Garrick helmet and, and wave my lightsaber around because I, like Barry Allen, I know we'll get into this episode, but I've always wanted to be a Jedi. So here's the well, thing. I, I rock my Flash shirt and my Jay Garrick helmet, and I'm thinking, okay, people you know, people are going to call me out. They're going to be like, oh, that's Jay's helmet, but Barry's logo, you know, because I'm thinking the flashes in the zeitgeist. Bell, do you know I had three separate people think that I was Zoom because of the helmet? Well, technically it was Zoom's helmet. In the television show. All right. This reopened and wound that was almost healed. (laughs) 
from season two. Now, we have talked on this podcast in this season how I have been going through the five stages of grief, which was how the story of Jay Garrick was handled in season two. Going as Jay Garrick, or at least wearing his helmet on Halloween and having everybody associate that with a supervillain, like it reopened the wound and I am back at it, man. Don't get me wrong because I love this show. But this is this is a big, big fail on this, the series part in terms of what they have done to the character of Jay Garrick in the general zeitgeist or like the public's understanding of that character. We're talking a golden age classic hero, the, the original, the OG Flash. He was the Superman of his day and age in terms of a leadership role of the superheroes. And and this is this is a classic character who is now associated by the average Joe on the street as a freaking supervillain. And so I got to tell you, man, net fail. The, the, the wound is open and I'm not letting it heal this time because that, that, that really irritated me that like so many people recognized the helmet, A, which was great, except B, they recognized it as the helmet of a villain. And it really just irked me off, man. That was, it made for a well, rough they, Halloween. They should be calling lie. you Zoom though. They should be calling you Jay Garrick. And what? then they should clarify at that point, oh, Jay Garrick, nice. Are you the comic Jay Garrick or are you the Zoom Jay Garrick? No, see, this is what happened. I said that. I said, you mean, you know, I was like, no, it was Jay Garrick. And like, yeah, but he was actually, he was actually Zoom, right? He was Hunter Zolomon. I was like, well, well yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, but. How many fights did you get into? That's what I want to know. Like, just I, like ball your fist and just like start shaking in the <laughs> You just like jump on them like uh, like Ralphie from uh, A Christmas Story. Like you're wrecking friggin' you know. <laughs> it's a little bit like that. It's a little bit like the first the first one I went I went I tried painstakingly to go through and explain exactly why the helmet even <laughs> even in the show I was like no but it, see it goes back to their Jay Garrick who was from a different Earth who inspired the Jay Garrick of you know Hunter Solomon to be Jay Garrick on Earth too and so you know even though. They're like, yeah, but it was still his helmet, right? And I was like, but not in the comics. Ah, it was so bad. It was just so bad. And so after the first one, I, you know, the the second one said like, oh, you know, the the reverse zoom guy, right? And I'm like, no, not not him, but whatever. And then the third <laughs> the third person said something, and I just did. I just let it roll off. I didn't even try to to engage or educate at that point. I was just like, net fail. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I weep for, uh, how Jay Garrick is, is now understood in, uh, in terms of just like popularity or popular opinion. And, uh, who knows, maybe the movies, uh, will get an opportunity to, to retell the story of Jay Garrick and appropriately put that helmet back on the head of a hero. And I know that the series has done that and they're doing that with John Wesley ship, our man, red and yellow, red and yellow. We're, we're all about that. But in terms of the general understanding of what has happened to that character and tying that origin story, I even said it at the time, like putting the helmet on Earth 3 Jay Garrick does not redeem the fact that it came from his abusive, murderous father like that. That's still that that they tied a really dark and negative leg- legacy to that helmet, something that is so iconic to the uh, the the legacy and the the family and the history of the Flash is just it, it it's still dirty and it's just really, really rough. But anyway, that's a lot to get out of the like that has nothing to do with this week's episode. It just happened because it's Halloween's here and you know, I walked I walked a mile in Jay Garrick's helmet and everybody thought I was Zoom. So, like I said, reopened that wound. I'm sorry. We talk about the Flash because we love it. We love the series and everything else. And I mean, you know, it's I'm not saying like, you know, the series is terrible. And I and it's not even that I'm necessarily criticizing that storyline from the aspect of just telling a story on television and whether or not it was good. But man, oh man, in terms of like the source material, I mean, that's where our love for the show comes, right? Our love for the show comes from our love of the source material. It's and, character assassination. Well, it's, it's kind of, I, I don't know if assassination is the right word or not, but 
It's a, it was rough. It was rough. But anyway, season two is coming gone. It is what it is. Somebody fix Jay Garrick, please. And, uh, <laughs> in the, in the, in the public eye and in, in the mindset of, uh, of the common man. And, you know, maybe, maybe that means more John Wesley ship in season three to really kind of affirm that he is their version of Jay Garrick. And maybe, I don't know, ret- retcon something about that daggum helmet, but man, oh man, that, that was rough for me. That was rough. All right. <laughs> that's out of the way man we got a brand new episode and a brand new season so season two is in the past let's talk about the present in this week's rundown the rundown episode five of season three monster directed by c kim miles and story by zach stents bell what happened this episode Well, without informing the others, Caitlin visits her estranged mother at her medical research company to have her powers examined. Meanwhile, a gigantic creature is seen on the streets of Central City, but it disappears before Barry could confront it. Sisko grows suspicious of the newly recruited H.R. Wells when he does not provide much help in battling the monster. Caitlin viciously attacks another scientist with her powers when he plans to use her for his own purposes. Her mother manages to talk her down and allows her to leave. The monster is revealed to be an elaborate hologram operated by a 15-year-old boy wanting to spread fear in other people. Barry exposes the deception in time to keep police snipers from harming the civilians, and he prevents Julian from shooting the boy, whom he mistakes for a metahuman. During the crisis, HR is shown to have no technical knowledge at all. He finally admits that he is only an idea man for his tech company on his Earth, and he joined the Flash team simply to get material for a novel. The team decides to give him a chance to prove his worth as an assistant. Caitlin is informed by her mother that her powers are increasing and that she needs to stop using them or her condition will become irreversible. Man, we got monsters and supervillains in this episode. We got a lot, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, despite some of the criticism that perhaps this was a little bit of this, uh, the slower episodes from this season. Uh, let's start off by talking about H.R. Wells. Does H.R. short for Harrison or are we to assume that perhaps his middle name is like starts with an R? No, it's 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 got to be a play on words, a reference to H.G. Uh, Wells, because we never really did the H. I mean, we did it. We did the H.G. Wells thing on our podcast, uh, but we never the show never really made the connection between H.G. Wells and like, you know, H.G. Wells. So I think this is like the H.R. because he's a writer and H.G. Wells was a writer and H.R. Wells like he's going specifically by that moniker, I think, as a nod to the author. OK. All right. So that 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 would make some sense. But again, I it, but I mean, again, G, our, our thought behind H.G. Wells is, you know, I think we uh, even threw out perhaps his name was was George, you know, or something of that nature. I mean, but I mean, are we are we talking to Harrison Rodriguez? Rodriguez, I can't roll my R's. Rodriguez. Harrison Rodriguez uh, uh, Wells. Is that is that who we're dealing with here? Uh, I'm thinking more like Harrison Randolph Wells, Randy Wells. Yeah. Randy Wells for our uh, Brit- British audience is going to interpret that in an inappropriate way. <laughs> uh, but, but no. All right. So we, we are presented with uh, HR. I actually like HR as, as an abbreviation for this, uh, or, or at least a nomenclature for this particular Harrison Wells. Uh, we dubbed him hipster Wells last episode because we were kind of getting that he had the a hipster vibe going on. He was funny. He was making jokes. Everybody seemed to like him. But then you spent, I guess, five minutes with him to determine, yeah, we don't like this guy so much. Yeah, but that makes him even more of a hipster because he's writing a novel. <laughs> he's kind of a pain in the butt. I mean, like all that did was just solidify the hipster thing for me. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Let me ask you this. Did you ever think that he was uh, that he was evil or had some sort of nefarious plot? Uh, no, 
I, you know, I, I, I was sitting there, you know, they, they, the, the way they teased it was like, this is going to be another thing. And I'm like, there's no way that's got to be a red herring. They're not going to go that route again because like, there's no way this dude's Dr. Alchemy either. I mean, I don't, I don't see how they're going to tie that into a big villain thing. This is just going to be some kind of, cause the guy was quirky and weird and stuff. And it would just be, I don't know. It, it felt like it would have been old hat, you know? So they're going to go a different route. And I, I didn't feel like he was going to be this nefarious evil guy, but there was going to be something up about him and him being a fraud, I think was, 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 was a good route for them to go, but I didn't think he'd be evil now. Okay. But, but was, all right. So they said he was a fraud and, and such and such, but here's the thing. Was he really a fraud? Like he goes in there and he immediately starts doing that, like team building exercise, right? Like that whole, you know, uh, pseudo marketing teamwork kind of, you know, companies will hire teams like that to come in and try to build teamwork and collaboration amongst their, uh, their, you know, their staff. And it's a bunch of people that, you know, they're just playing a bunch of games with everybody. And that seems it's to a be- bunch of garbage is what it is. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I've, I've been to some of those seminars before and I've gotten a lot out of them from time to time. But at the same time, I recognize that it doesn't necessarily take, you know, a, a PhD to put one of those together or to, you know, manage or operate it. That being said, we cannot miss one of his most valuable assets that he brought to the table. And that was bagel and locks. When I saw that platter, my friend. Oh man, I had to stop what I was doing. I'm serious, dude. I love me some bagel and locks. And like, it actually, it, I've said this before, but this version of Harrison Wells, HR, reminds me a lot of Tom Cavanaugh on his own podcast, which is, um, which is Mates, uh, or uh, not Mates. Uh, yeah, Mates, which is uh, Mike and Tom Eat Snacks. And uh, they do a, an entire episode dedicated to bagel and locks. And I thought, oh my gosh, please say Mates, please say Mates. I thought maybe they might be right, writing that in, but... Uh, He'd be like, come on, Mates, let's have some bagel and locks. I thought he might say something like that or something to the extent of like, you know, you need your snacks or something. Uh, but no, that that is a valuable thing, man, that you need somebody to bring the snacks. Uh, and, and on top of that, like, again, was he a fraud? If he yes. did, well, hang on, hang on. If he, <laughs> if he did start Star Labs, if he was literally the idea guy and the, and the visionary, if he was the Steve Jobs, was Steve Jobs a fraud? No. Okay, so, so here's the thing: idea men are useless. If all you can do is, I, I can come up with ideas every day, but if you can't implement your idea, then I mean, it's it's useless. Like you know, you, you you've met people who are like, oh, well, I I came up with that idea five years ago, but you didn't do it. No, but he so did. But what I'm saying is, like, the idea guys and the guys like HR, like what they do, the way that they implement is that they find the people that can actually do it and make it happen. Like you, need, you're not an idea guy. Well, but obviously neither. He's not just an idea guy. He, I, I'm, I think we are to assume that he did in fact start Star Labs. But his partner, who by the way is nameless, we'll talk about that later. Uh, did you know? Did actually implement whatever it was. Because it, 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 what comes to mind to me is like something like a silent partner, where it's like I have the the talent, but I don't want to run a business. I don't. I don't want to do any of the stuff. I just want to like, you know, build whatever that I need to build. Right. Uh, it, that's what it comes to me as. And he's just like, OK, because, <laughs> you know, like Family Guy references this when they talk about Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Matt we're like, you Damon. know, Matt Damon's <laughs> Matt Damon. He's writing Goodwill Hunting and he's asking Ben Affleck for input. And Ben Affleck's sitting there on the couch smoking pot. And he's like, yeah, uh, uh, uh. You, know, you know, that's that's the idea that I get. Right. There's somebody who's putting in all the work and it's easy just to throw ideas out there now. It's another thing entirely to go and you have an idea and to find people to implement said idea. But I don't I don't really I don't believe HR when he says that he's the guy that does that. I think he's just, you know, 
if I had to guess, I would think that he saw his buddy or whatever, somebody at Star Labs find that uh, message. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to like totally steal this and just hopped in there maybe before the other guy could do it. I don't know. Possibly. But I, I get the feeling that there that he's being more truthful. Like once once he breaks down, you know, I, I feel like this episode was to get the can we trust Harrison Wells storyline out of the way so that when he does break down, I, I do believe what we get is what we get. And all I'm saying, man, is that, you know, every Steve Jobs has his Wozniak. Now, granted, there is a general uselessness to the ideas that uh, this Harrison Wells is even presenting. So I'm not necessarily saying he is any Steve Jobs, but back on his earth, perhaps he was uh, something of that nature. But, uh, you know, we, we perhaps we will learn more of, uh, you know, his origins in the future, which may tie into some speculation down the road. Man, we got a great, uh, some great stuff in this episode with the the first ever Flash going up against a well, a quote unquote true monster. You know, we've seen him go up against uh, you know King Shark, Gorilla Grodd. You know, there, there have been some beastly villains in the past, but nothing like a you know ten story alien, alternate dimension looking creature that was tearing apart the city, or so it seemed. Yeah, this was the first, you know, Godzilla style monster because there's there's like the Wolfman's a monster, but he's he's a man that turns into a right, wolf. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But he's not, you know, King Kong or, you know, uh, uh, Godzilla or something like that, like yeah. like a, or or the Cloverfield monster, which which is what this monster really reminded me of was a Cloverfield monster um, with the minus the weird lice parasite. Yeah, things. they were flying off and attacking. Every, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, this is the first time that because he's the Flash has fought monsters like that in the comics before, right? You know, nothing comes to mind. Like, I feel like this was and I, I could be wrong here, but I think this was a, entirely their own creation uh, in terms of like the look, the feel, the the overall. I mean, it, you know, I, given what we know or at least uh, have heard in terms of uh, aliens playing a role down the line in kind of the DC TV universe. You know, I I thought going into this that perhaps this was going to allude to something that was going to come down the road, but overall, no, I I did not recognize that design as being anything from the comics at all. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that the design from the monsters from the comics. I'm saying the Flash has fought giant monsters in the past before, right? <sighs> Just nothing comes to mind. I mean, Starro. You could argue that Starro is technically a giant monster. Uh, it's a giant yeah. starfish. I mean, if if Mothra counts as a giant, <laughs> as a monster, yeah. it's just a giant moth, and I think Starro definitely counts as a monster. And I might be just, you know, putting my own biases as far as like superheroes go, because, you know, most superheroes have fought giant monsters at some point in their career. And I don't know if Flash is the same or not. But, uh, yeah, like it, it did feel kind of unique because there's always these uh, when you have these kind of shows, it's always like people and, you know, there's something wrong with them or they're mutated or they're or, or they're, you know, metahumans or something like that. But, yeah, this was the first time we've seen just a giant monster like a real monster and so I, I i just assumed he had fought giant monsters in the comics before but i don't know yeah it was pretty neat to see that well and all right so so when the thing first appeared uh you know there was a, a general look on his on barry's face like uh too big <laughs> like, classic <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and and you know even when they're trying to work this out this kind of goes back into hr the previous harrison wells and cisco's have had a kind of shorthand have you noticed that yeah, they really have. They finish each other's sentences. It's really cute. It is. It is. I mean, like, you know, Eobard, uh, you know, Eobard as Harrison Wells grew up, so to speak, with Cisco. He was like a father figure in his life. Right. So that was kind of this established relationship that they had. And then the new Harrison Wells, it took some time. But but, you know, once 
but they, they connected on an intellectual level, if nothing else. And I think right. like that eventually grew into a similar relationship there. This one, we don't have kind of the historic backstory between him and Cisco, nor do they have that, nor are they able to connect on an intellectual level. Do you think that Harrison, well, like, do you think that HR is sticking around? Yes, because Tom Cavanaugh is too great to throw away. No, now, no, now, no, no, that's well, not what actually, I asked. That is not what I asked. Let, yeah, sorry, sorry. Let me let me let me clarify. Uh, HR will be around. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I feel like HR will be around at least a couple more episodes until they find out either a his ultimate uselessness or something else happens. But I think we're gonna have. You know, we're always going to have a uh, have 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 Tom Cavanaugh being some kind of role there, but it's going to take a lot for HR to prove himself to this team, and it doesn't seem to me like he's got what it takes because all the ideas that he you know tries to, as he says, incept into people <laughs> are just they're 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 you know he's just kind of stating the obvious almost, okay, or he's just like saying something. Oh, on my Earth, we make ropes out of carbon fiber, and so it's like, oh, cool, I'll make a rope and we'll tie him up. Yeah, let's do that. That was my idea. And it's like, no, you just said you had ropes on your Earth that are made out of carbon fiber. Like that's that ultimately in and of itself is useless without a plan to implement it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like aside from just his great snack bringing skills, there's really not a whole lot that he brings to the table. So here's here's my I'm gonna put out a wild theory. All right. Well, and, and it's going to need some clarification from uh, someone who has been uh, religiously watching Legends of Tomorrow like yourself, sir. And this will be a little bit mm-hmm. of uh, a little bit of spoilers for Legends if you have if you've been watching it or haven't been watching it or don't care. Um, but Which it should be. It's fun. And listen to my podcast, Legends TV Talk. Legends TV Talk regularly happening on a weekly basis now with a consistent cast. So you need to check that, that is out. True. Uh, but here's the thing. All right. So with with Legends, I mean, Eobard is currently like jamming on Legends, right? Uh, yes, he, he is making plays and we don't really know why, but, but, and, and we are to assume, or has it been confirmed that that is the Eobard that we last saw on the flash that dropped off Barry in the present and then like skedaddled out of there off the porch. Uh, nothing's been confirmed, but I, I believe it is the case. It, it seems to me like this Eobard that, uh, that left Barry on the porch for some reason is not as consumed with Barry unless everything that he's doing on legends will ultimately tie into Barry uh, and, 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 and tie into him trying to do something to the flash. But as of yet, we don't know what his plan is. He's, he's stealing artifacts and, and killing members of the JSA and stuff like that. Sorry. Oh snap, for, uh, dude, I haven't, no, hang on now. Don't get that spoiler. <laughs> I mean, at yeah, some point yeah. I am going to like, I am going to watch. I just, it's, it's not right now. I'm going through a whole Smallville marathon. It's a whole thing. So like, you know, Everything else is on hold, but at, at some point I do plan on watching the season. So don't tell me who dies. I won't or, tell you who. Yeah, I won't okay. tell you who it is. But uh, yes, uh, uh, he does kill one of the members of the JSA. Ah, why would you even say that? I, I said that earlier. <laughs> it, it maybe nobody heard the first time. If you repeat it, <laughs> well, it makes okay. it true. That's the problem. No, it's okay. All right. So here's here's the thing. If we can assume then that the the, the Eobard that is rolling around on legends. Uh, is in fact the one from the porch. We can also assume that that Eobard will end up when that story is done back on back in the past and get abandoned there to go and become, you know, a version of Harrison Wells that will be the memories that this Cisco has of this, you know, post flashpoint timeline. Right? You following me? That yeah. That that's my guess is that uh, at the end of this season, something's going. They're going to defeat 
you know, the Legion of Doom and this Eobar that we've seen in Legends, the one that dropped Barry off at the, uh, on, on his porch, is going to be the one that's going to wind up back in time stuck there. All right. All right. So here's the thing. That means all right, I know I threw this out last season in terms of the Zoom thing, but maybe there is still an avenue for this Harrison Wells, this HR to be a vessel through which the spirit, the ghost of Eobard Thawne. No. No. Shush. <laughs> Don't you naysay me. I, I'm just saying, I, I, I want, I want my Tom Cavanaugh's Eobard Thawne back. And, th- and we've, here we have an, a, here we have a Harrison Wells who is borderline useless, except he is a body and he is Tom Cavanaugh and somewhere out there in the negative speed force there exists. And I, I still hang on to this. I believe that somewhere out there, the ghost or what have you of that Eobard Thawne of season one, Eobard Thawne exists and he will come and possess the body of a Harrison Wells from some earth and get his vengeance. No. So let it be no. written. Yes. Yes. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and here's why. And here's why uh, they uh, in, in a recent interview uh, with, with Greg Berlanti, uh, they were talking about how uh, the timeline has changed and whether or not they plan on, restoring everything to how it was at the end of season two. And Greg Berlanti said, no, that's not, it's not what's going to happen. That's not like, what I'm saying. You, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm well, saying. No, is, no, no. Right, right, right. No, I, I get what you're saying. But what I'm saying is, is because of Barry's change to the timeline, it's fixed now. And and we don't even know what happened to that Eobard, honestly. And so I don't I think, think we can, that, I think we can safely assume that it was fairly similar to what happened to our Eobard because of everything that's been previously stated in terms of, you know, you've been convinced by someone who had my face and, you know, you've been burned twice. Like they, they've talked about this. I, I think even one episode they referenced Eobard, uh, the Eobard Harrison Wells specifically. Uh, that's true. So, so I think, you know, no, I, I do think it's safe to say that that's the case, you know, in the chat, um, I think, uh, who did I, who did I see? I, I saw, Oh, at Lieutenant Minecrime, your your co-host for Legends. Yes, Will. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, so Will Will in the chat saying, you know, that, that right now you guys are loving Eobard on Legends of Tomorrow. I'm saying, great. You could technically have your cake and eat it too, because that one still is in play until he goes back in time, right? So you could theoretically have that Eobard, Eoblonde, as well as HG Eobard existing at the same time if the ghost of Eobard Thawne returns <laughs> from the negative speed force and inhabits the body of HR. So let no, it Look, here's the thing. There is no Eobard. You you let me have this. It's you, it's, you, it's hey. Eobard. Matt Lester is Eobard Thawne. As far as I'm concerned right now, he is blowing it out of the water. He is doing a fantastic job. H. Eobard, I'm sorry, Bo, is dead to me. He was wonderful. No, he's dead he was to everybody. Fantastic. He can come yeah, back. Yeah, exactly. He's he gone. Come back. He's gone. No, he's he never back. come back. And uh I mean I mean he he was he was fantastic. Like it, you know, that was the best thing about season one, arguably the best season we've had thus far. It was freaking awesome what he did there but it's done and matt lester as far as i'm concerned has been knocking it out of the park and i'm i'm on board with uh with 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 ia blonde as you call him uh and and i, and I don't that, say that who, look hang on now i want to make something very clear here i'm not trying to say that matt's not doing a great job nor by calling him ia blonde am i necessarily i'm not trying to like naysay or lessen that performance i'm just trying to, to make a distinction because we've seen a couple of variations, you know, I'm, you know, no, I, I get it. That's why we I got H.G. Abard. H.G. Abard. No, H.G. Abard <laughs> isn't his name. Eobard is the character's name one way or the other. But you've got two iterations of the character that we've seen, which is the H.G. Abard, 
of season one, as well as the Ia Blonde that we're experiencing now. And but one of them is dead, and the other one is a previous version of that other one. Yes, this is this is why we associated from time because Barry screwed the timeline up. And I think that's what that's, that's what we're going to find out, right? Because uh, at the end of Flash, this is a uh, spoiler for Flashpoint, by the way. The Flashpoint, the comics, uh, and and I have no idea this is going to translate into the show at all. So I'm just going to guarantee right it now. won't. I guarantee it won't. Okay. Well, uh, you know, at at the end of Flashpoint, uh, in the comics, you know, Eobard gets disassociated from time or something crazy like that, and so he's he's. Uh, you know, free to roam however he wants, more or less. And so I, I feel like that's what happened in Flashpoint in the show when Barry screwed everything up. Eobard takes him back. He's not trapped back in time. Everything is different. So now he's free to run around, run, uh, you know, wherever he wants to. And so like that, that is that's just how it's going to be now. And so I, I don't think we're ever going to see Tom Cavanaugh come back as an Eobard Thawne, uh, you know, A, because Matt's blown it out of the water and B, because that's just he doesn't need to anymore. There, there's there's going to be no no reason for it. And uh, I'm I'm just completely on board uh, with with our new Eobard Thawne. And I just I don't I don't I don't see it happening. I know you want it to happen, and because I I, I would like that to happen just so you could be happy. You know, <laughs> you you want it for me is what you're saying. That's I want, <laughs> yes, I want it for you, but it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. This is this has been way too time travel heavy stuff for this early in the show. So I apologize to the listeners right now for that. Uh, <laughs> let's 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 take a a cold turn right there and uh, and talk about what's going on with Caitlin because really in terms of like you know, whose episode this was, it was really very centered around three different people, which is HR, Caitlin and and Julian and Caitlin in particular, you know, we've, we've been saying from the get go that we've been looking forward to seeing her start down the dark path, not because we want terrible things to happen to Caitlin. We love Caitlin, uh, but we know who she is. We know what her destiny is and man, oh man, like, you know, I was saying even as, as early as last week, that, you know, I, I don't see this Caitlin, you know, making kind of a, a, you know, snap, you know, turn immediate into this evil threat. But I got to tell you, I think I may have been wrong. Like I was freaked out by Caitlin this episode. Yeah. You know, it seems like the more she uses her powers, the the less rational she becomes and the more impulsive she becomes. Uh, it's it's but I mean, like, let, let's be honest, when you're in that situation, uh, and you and you didn't have powers. That's one thing I was those tweeting out about. It. It's like it's not a good idea to try and uh, you know kidnap or imprison someone who has superpowers because that's just just a bad idea if you don't also have superpowers. Um, but yeah, it's you know the the more she uses them, the more frightening she becomes. Yeah, seriously, and, and I mean like the eye, like visually, and like she slammed her hands down on her mom's desk. And freaking froze it. I think willingly. Like that wasn't an accident. I don't think so either. I I think that was you know she was getting upset, and the and the more upset she gets, the more emotion that she feels with this power, the more it takes control, and the less rational, the less Caitlyn she is, and the more Killer Frost she becomes. I, so are they even? They even made a comment, right? They had the the assistant dude who was helping out, and and he was like, you know, you no, know, you got to stay here. You're gonna help me so I can get out of this. And and she's about to like. Her mom says, I know I didn't raise a killer. Yeah. I, I got to tell yeah, you this, though. I, I did not think it was interesting that her mom said that because I, I never thought that Caitlin was actually going to kill him. Like, I don't think that she was even thinking about killing him. And I don't think there was really a threat in the moment that that dude was about to die. Now, he may have had one of his limbs frozen off. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I was yeah. concerned for his overall safety, but I did not think that he was she was actually in a place where she he was going to kill him. Do you think that? 
like, like, did her mom say that to just kind of project like evil intentions on her as parents will sometimes do? No, it seemed to me a genuine effort for her mom to be like, I am a terrible mother and my daughter's about to kill somebody and I didn't, you know, raise a killer. And, and that's that's not something I, I think what would have happened had had Caitlin's mother not stepped in there uh, would be Caitlin would have accidentally killed the guy. Not not because she she wanted to murder him, not because, uh, you know, uh, of anything like that, just because she wanted to get away and she wanted to stop this guy from trying to harm her. And because she doesn't have control over her powers, because she doesn't know what's going on and because she's scared that she would inadvertently kill this guy. And so I think that's what her mother saw. Okay, her mother right, saw yeah, yeah. was, you know, she, she sees Caitlin, she's scared. This guy's trying to harm her and she's going to react. And she, Dr. Tanhauser saw how Caitlin reacted when she was in, in an emotional state by freezing her desk, you know? And so she was worried that maybe what was going to happen is Caitlin was going to lose control and end up killing this guy. And so that's why, you know, Caitlin's mom stepped in and was like, I didn't raise a killer. That's not how you, how how you know we work we're scientists we're logical don't let your emotions control you and don't kill this guy man okay all right so that that's fair i hadn't really thought about it from that standpoint because i mean ultimately she seemed to actually have pretty good control or at least more control than what was implied you know what i mean like we never actually saw her do anything that she didn't want to do like you're you're right you're right like it's clear that she could have gone that route that she could have pushed it too far accidentally or, you know, perhaps it's like, you know, once the water starts, it's kind of hard to turn it off once the flow's getting yes. out and everything. So I, I got, I get, I get what you're saying with that. But at the same time, like, do you, do you think that she was trying to suppress anything? Like she, she, there wasn't like this sense of like trying to hold back. All right. So let's make the obvious comparison because, you know, everybody who's watching this is and, and people in the chat are right now. And surely the writers are, are doing this to some extent. She's Elsa. Right. And from Frozen. Have you, you have watched Frozen, right? Uh, no, I have not watched Frozen. I have never even heard the entirety of the Let It Go song. I have avoided it like the plague. You've, you've never watched Frozen. I've never, I've never seen Frozen. Now, don't get me wrong. I've got, I don't, I don't have children. Uh, I, I, I think the last Disney movie that I saw, what was the one that came, like, the last Disney animated movie? Oh, I mean, Shrek. That's DreamWorks, though. Uh, was probably what came out right before Hercules. Uh, you never saw Hercules. I never saw Hercules. Have you? You've seen it now. I've seen bits and pieces of it. You've never seen Bell. Look, I'm Pretty not. Much. I'm not like a Disney fanboy or anything. But but they're they're Hercules. While absolutely nothing. I mean, it's it's it it is. It's one of these things. When I first watched it, I hated it because I was a I was kind of like a mythology buff, Greek mythology buff, and like yeah. I, I hated like the the take they did on it. But like going back and rewatching it a couple of years later, when you know I, I don't have as much of a chip on my shoulder about it, like it's a good movie. Like it, it, it it's it's specifically a classic American superhero movie told through a Greek mythology lens, which is interesting because American hero novels are kind of Greek mythology to- told through a you know, American hero lens. So it's, it's, it's kind of a flip of the American, like once, once you get that and look at it through that perspective, it kind of reopens up the movie to you and you get able to see it in a different light. Hercules is fantastic. And, and hmm. frozen, you like, I realize you're not a 10 year old girl, but frozen is like the best movie that Disney has come out with since like Lion King. Really? So, so here's the thing when, when frozen came out, like, like I, I have five nieces and nephews. 
Uh, and when Frozen came out, uh, are you are you playing Let It Go? I am playing Let It Go. You said you've this never. Will first, this this will be the first time I've heard the song in its entirety. I'll just tell you that right now. But, but yeah, you know, my nieces on the and nephews. I, you know, when it came out, uh, you know, my my sister was already living halfway across the country, so uh, you know, I, I wasn't doing like you know the babysitting or, or being able to see them very frequently. So I'm sure had uh, you know they've been closer and I've been able to, to to visit more often, I would have totally have seen that movie numerous times. But uh, on on this particular instance, I just I just never saw it because I never really had a reason to. I was like, yeah, you know, Frozen, whatever. And, it's not, not, not my bag. You need to listen to what she's saying. Okay. She's using her powers. So what you need to understand about the character of Elsa man is that like she's, she's got suffering from mental illness. No. All right. She's being antisocial. All right. But, but seriously, man, what you need to understand about, about the character of Elsa to understand to some extent what's going on with Caitlin, because they are taking her on a bit of an Elsa journey here in terms of kind of parental, you know, uh, uh, parental issues leading to kind of a life of repression and now being, you know, getting in a point where she's got this power and she doesn't know how to control it. And so she just wants to let it go. Now, the reason why I, I make reference to that is because in the original script for, for, for frozen, Elsa was a villain. She was a super villain. Like in, in, and that was kind of the, the arc, the evil queen that she was going to end up becoming. And it was actually because of the, the power ballad that was let it go that they completely rewrote the script, making her a, a heroic and, and sympathetic character into everything that was going on. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a, there's, there's, there's kind of an interesting twist there, but obviously we're dealing with the character. She's got all of this power in her. I would argue that she even had this before Flashpoint. It just hadn't activated itself yet. And in a post Flashpoint or on this side of the timeline, you know, the, the powers are active. She's trying to figure out how to deal with it. Uh, she is going to her, her mom. And, you know, the powers are very much tied to her emotion. And so when I was talking about how, you know, you never really necessarily see her trying to hold back in Frozen, when Elsa tries to hold back, like the power ends up like taking an aggressive, um, uh, what's a good way to say it? Like it, it, it embodies like aggressive light around it. So there's kind of this visual nod to the fact that her powers are taking a darker tone. Uh, ice sickles are like jagged, like sharp knives kind of coming towards her as opposed to when she's doing it because she wants to, or for fun reasons, in which case it's all kind of light and fluffy and, you know, making kind of snowmen and, and that sort of thing. And so I'm thinking that there's a it it's easy to look at it and say that the power is corrupting her but what I would say is that what's going on here much like in Frozen is that when she is corrupted by her own fear like that's when the power itself becomes corrupted you know what I mean 
Yeah. So when her emotions run high and when the emotions are bad emotions like fear and anger, then the power becomes a darker power. Exactly. Exactly. So she she's dealing with, you know, she's dealing with her mom, which she already has a lot of like pent up aggression towards. And, you know, she's dealing with a lot of fear. And so, like, you know, when she slams her hand down down on the thing, that's when it kind of sprawls out. Right. When And as you mentioned, like when she's attacking the dude, she's not necessarily trying to kill him. But because of the way the, the faucet is already on, the power is already coming out. It's not that the power is corrupting her. And I think that that. It's it's easy to look at these storylines and assume that that's the case, like that it's the power that's evil, or now that she has this power, she's becoming evil. But no, it's it's the fact that she's she's letting her emotions uh, determine, like the emotions are affecting the power and not the other way around. So, <laughs> what would you have done if, like, when he's sitting there on the ground and Caitlyn's about to kill the guy? If uh, Caitlyn's mom came in with like a black robe on, she's like, good, <laughs> good. Yes, let the hate flow through you. <laughs> well, I, I would, uh, I would, you know me, I'd want it to be snart. But yes, that would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that moment could still come, could still come. But yeah, I, I, I loved that we were starting to see, you know, a, uh, you know, th- this darker side of Caitlyn come out. And I, I'm shocked that they were able to do it so well in such a short amount of time, because I literally thought it was going to take like several, several episodes for, for us to get to this place. But no, man, she, she delivered. I was there. I was right there with her. Well, it was really neat too. Cause they did a good job with it. Like you said, because, uh, when Caitlin's mom, she's real cold and, you know, pun intended there. Uh, she, she, she's not showing a lot of emotion to her daughter. Uh, and she's not really understanding and she, you know, she's not on an emotional I, I level connecting with her daughter or anything like that. Right. But it's when she finally does show her emotional side, that's what brings – like when her mother is cold and heartless to Caitlyn, it just makes her powers worse. Right. But when her mother shows that emotion, it helps Caitlyn rein in her own emotions and push those powers back, which I thought was a really nice dichotomy there. So like you know, when, when Caitlyn's mom was cold, Caitlyn was bad. But when Caitlyn's mom – or Caitlyn's emotions came forward. But when Caitlyn's mom was emotional, Caitlyn's emotions kind of dimmed down. So they're like reverse of one another. Reverse Killer Frost. Oh, snap. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, well, I love what they're doing. Maybe Caitlin. that's who H. Geobard will possess, is Caitlin's mom. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Could happen. I, could happen. Could happen. Yeah, uh, yeah so love, love what they're doing with Caitlin, man. Glad to, uh, glad to, I'm, I'm probably in terms of everything that's going on, I'm really, really stoked to see where that goes. Something else I really would loved is, uh, the development of Julian. Now, uh, Julian, of course, the uh, the uh, detective that Barry, he, you know, we get a chance to kind of see the fact they're still not getting along. Uh, Julian kind of does this whole thing like, oh, what? You want me to cry about my my story about metahumans and why I don't like them? And now we're going to be yeah. friends. And then, of course, later on in the episode, he cries about his feelings about metahumans <laughs> that become friends. So great. I, I loved how they set that up. I, I, I thought that was done really well. Yeah. And, and, and uh, 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 oh, gosh, what is Malfoy's name? Just Malfoy. I, but I feel like it's disrespectful to like not reference the actor's name. He's not uh, listening. He's not listening. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, uh, uh, Julian, like he did such a good job. Like you, you can look at it in his face when he's when he's regaling that story. Like uh, you know, he's not crying. So, it's, but he but he's super emotional. And, like he, he's on the verge of it. And like it's it, it's really it's really cool seeing uh, seeing you know an actor with his chops on there. Uh, and, and do like a really good job conveying those emotions and whatnot. But yeah, I, I totally got the whole, you know, 
do we just become best friends vibe (laughs) (laughs) after after his story, which I thought was cool because like there's only so long you can take these guys, you know, butting heads and being jerks to one another. I like them Uh, butting heads, though. Like, that's the one thing. Like, I thought he was a really good foil for Barry. He was, but at the same time, though, it's 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 there's got to be some kind of reason as to why they can't and all be likable, man. Like like that's the thing. Like you, you can't have just all lovable characters. You gotta have you gotta have somebody who's just kind of a you know jackass. <laughs> like well, that doesn't mean yeah that, that just because just because you know that they came to some kind of you know terms about metahumans doesn't mean that Julian's not going to be a jerk. They went to still. get beers together. Yeah, but he still could be because because that's the thing, right? Is because Julian still thinks he's better than Barry, and I could still see some antagonistic. You know, kind of, kind of like how Cisco and Barry are sort of playful, you know, but but they're not like, not like uh, that, they're, they're, not. they're still friends, but they're not they're not like antagonistically playful. This could be like an antagonistic playful where uh, you know Julian makes fun of Barry, but in a friendly manner. But it's still like you did it wrong, and I'm gonna make fun of you, but I don't hate you, but you still did it wrong, and by, I'm gonna make fun of you. For it. By the way, what is Cisco getting paid? Because that freaking like apartment that he's living in is awesome. Uh, yeah, and if I had a pad that awesome, and I had Barry like hanging out all the time, I'd be like, "Dude, um, do my laundry." You need to find your own place. Oh no, no, no. I would or, keep, yeah. I would keep him around, man. Are you kidding me? Do my laundry? Yes, make my breakfast. Yes, I do like to butter my own toast as well. But still, you can put, you can, you can make that work for you. But like, I, no, I want to get back to this. What is Cisco getting paid? Because like. For one thing, who's paying their salaries? Like they're all living like you know what I mean? That's what I was gonna say. More importantly, not not how much does he get paid, how does he get paid? Yeah, Eobard was the one that was writing the checks and he's gone now. And and he, Star Labs you know, is it grant money? I guess it's gotta be grant money. It's gotta be but like grant- they have just like a ton of grant money, and I guess Barry's in charge of it, right? Because Eobard gave Barry Star Labs before he died, or before, you know, things things went down. Uh and so is Barry like just writing the checks when it's all said and done? And why is he paying Cisco so much that Cisco can afford to live there, but he's not paying himself enough that he can go and get a nice place? Yeah, that, that's what I don't, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe Cisco's independently wealthy because his family's really rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I guess that that's a good point. That's a good point. Yes, yeah, Cisco's family's rich because that's the thing. It's like, what does Star Labs produce? Like, how do they make money? That's what I don't know. Uh, I mean, they make they they yeah. There's not a whole lot of money. They're not heroes for hire, so they're, they're not. It's patents. It's got to be patents. It's got to be patents. They're licensing patents. Uh, that's how they make all of their money. <laughs> one uh, of like, Bonnet was like, they got that Grant Gustin money. <laughs> <That's what laughs> <we got. laughs> uh, wait till season six. Wait till, wait till season six. That's when you get that Grant Gustin money. You know, Everybody else is saying like, oh, I might want to walk away. And like, no, no, no. Pay him the big bucks. Grant Gustin, I got to keep him. Yeah, six seasons in a movie. Hey, make it happen. Um, but yeah, no. I wish they would do a TV Flash movie. That'd be cool. I forgot about the Cisco that this family was wealthy. Okay, all right. Well, that did it did reopen the the thought of like, wait a minute, how much is he getting paid? Wait, who's paying these people? How is this working? How are the lights staying on in, in Star Labs? You don't think about yeah, it until you know you walk into Cisco's deluxe uh, pad <laughs> that you know it, it, it's DC TV cribs. That's that's what I want to see. I want to know how everybody's living. Yeah, yeah, for real. Iris got a lot. Of, got uh, some great moments with Iris. Glad to see that uh, you know she had that one great line where uh, the monster was attacking and she was pulling, you know, helping people out of the bus. And Barry's like, "What are you doing here?" It's like, "Yeah, you don't need to be wearing a red suit to go and help people, Barry." <laughs> like, yeah, I love that. I, I love that this Iris is just a go getter and that she's you know she's as much a hero as anybody else, uh, even without powers. I think that's super cool to build you know build her character 
And uh, I, I, I totally appreciate it. I, I want to see more of that. Like, I want to see, I, <laughs> like, I think it would be hilarious if, uh, you know, she shows up to a scene before Barry gets there and she's already helping people, which is kind of what she, happened this when, time. And she's done it before. She did that at the uh, the one where Barry had to, like, run up the side of the building to catch her. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, what, what did he say? He was like, what are you doing here? She's like, I'm, I'm on a story. It's like, come on, Barry, this is my job. This is literally what yeah, I, I do. <laughs> How do you not know this? <laughs> But it's like uh, you might you might be able to pay your people from like patent money and, and whatever else you do, but like I have to work. I'm okay? not I'm not getting that Star Labs money. You know? <laughs> I ain't got that great Gustin money. Okay, that's right. That's right. Y'all pay Candace right. All right. We don't want any. Uh, we want to make sure that Candace is getting taken care of. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Y'all pay her right. Y'all pay her right. We know how you you people do in Hollywood. And treat her right. right. Treat your iris right. That's that's good. Anyone. That's that's the the Mr. T mother song. Get the iris money. That's what you want. That's what you want. No one no one got my Mr. T reference. Nope, not a person. Um, as I'm thinking through the characters, all of like the characters that we typically run through kind of quickly uh, are the ones that were the primary characters in this episode, and and maybe that's why this episode got a little bit of flack for being a bit slower, is because it focused on characters that haven't had a lot of chances to you know get fleshed out uh, with HR being a new character, Caitlin, who let's face it, she was benched for a lot of season two and most of season one. Yeah, I think that's fair. And so like, like finally we get her, you know, a good kind of focus on her and specifically her doing what it is she needs to be doing, which is going down this dark path. And so, you know, from, from that standpoint, some of the more, you know, the characters that are a bit more front and center, like Barry, uh, like Iris, like Cisco, you know, they, they were taking a little bit more of a backseat here. We did get a villain that also did not necessarily take away from what was going on. We didn't need an origin story for a giant monster, especially when we find out, of course, it's just a massive hologram. And I gotta say, man, I love the fact that we're continuing this you know, weird super science of just being able to project holograms from satellites because science. <laughs> well, you know, we, we did get a backstory for this quote super villain. Well, you know it what I mean? A, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get you. It wasn't like, you know, an enhanced, you know, deep detailed anything, but like, here's the deal, right? You're a kid, you're getting bullied in school. It sucks. Okay. You know, it, it, it's terrible. No one should do that kind of stuff. But if you have a mind like that kid does to make holographic technology like that, sell it and buy friends. Well, and we got a great Joe moment actually with this kid. Uh, That's money, true. money can't buy friends. Uh, but we did get a great Joe moment with this, with this kid when he's like, he's like, look, you're going to, you're going to have, you've got, you got, you did, you screwed up and you're going to have consequences for this. But at the same time, you're young and you'll be able to work through this. Like I was yeah. like, man, that is a, that's a solid Joe moment right there. You know what I mean? Like that, that's some hard truth mixed with some hope. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's funny because uh, on Halloween, I was actually watching Rob Zombie's new Halloween with my roommate, and there, there's kind of a similar moment there where, you know, at, at the beginning of Halloween, uh, Michael Myers kills uh, most of his family, and he's sitting there talking to his psychiatrist, and he's like, I want to go home, and he's like, you know, psychiatrist, you see him break, and he's like, you can't, you know, you've done horrible things, and, you know... I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about that. And it, it felt like a similar kind of thing where Joe's like, you know, it's you, you've done bad things, but you know what? This you, you, didn't, you didn't kill anybody. So that's good. But, you know, this is something that we can work through that you can you can grow from. Uh, so it was really neat to kind of to, to see Papa Joe because we hadn't had a lot of Papa Joe moments this, ep- this season. Have we? It, it doesn't feel like we have. Well, you know, he's really Barry's really more like a daughter to him these days. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> But you're right. I mean, like so far that, but part of that has been, we've been very much in kind of high adventure mode. 
That's true. Yeah, yeah. It's been very, very high adventure. And plus, Papa Joe has fixed a lot of the issues with Wally, you know, with Barry. So there's got to be new people for him to 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 Papa Joe on. We've got a lot of saved up Joe moments or gentlemen's uh, that are gentlemen's waiting in the wings. I mean, with what we've seen in the previews for the next episode, you know, Wally, Wally's been kind of benched. I mean, he's been benched really since he's he's been on the show for the most part. Uh, I, except for, of course, the uh, the premiere of this season. So, you know, I, I think uh, I think he's about to get in the game a little bit more. And along with that is going to come some solid uh, Joe moments. He's Joe is going to have to to bust out the good stuff. He's I think I think Wally's going to provide a challenge for him that he has not had to face. You know, he, he, he of course, Iris and Barry are their own unique challenges. Uh, but neither one of them have been suffering from this desire to to get superpowers and uh, and go so far as to almost kill themselves over it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like stepping out in front of cars. Not a good idea. I tried that the other day. Didn't work. My legs are broken now. <laughs> yeah, that um, that that'll that'll do it. That'll happen. That'll yeah, happen. kids, do not jump in traffic trying to get speed force powers. It will not happen. I don't care if you got hit by dark matter. It's not going to happen. Uh, the Green Arrow in the chat brings up a very valid point. Captain Singh is back. Oh, fear the beard. Fear the beard. Fear the beard. Captain Singh is back, uh, if only for a brief moment. So glad that he is, he survived. the the. What happened to the other Captain Singh? Like, did he never get born or something? Like, what, what happened there? Wait, which one? Well, I mean, not Captain Singh, but his replacement in Flashpoint. Oh, um. Is that guy a lot? He- uh, oh, my gosh. He's alchemy. He's alchemy. He's alchemy. He was so mad that when the timeline got reset that he wasn't a captain anymore that he's like, I'm going to I'm going to mess Barry up because I like to be in a police captain. Well, of course, he was alchemy in that universe as well. Timeline. Shut up. I'm just saying. Sh- shut up. All right. All right look, <laughs> Captain Singh's back. Love, love to see Captain Singh. Patches Bongi. Fear the beard. Hashtag fear the beard. Show him some love on Twitter. If you're not following him, you should do that. That's kind of what happened this episode, but I, there is something that was referenced this episode that I think deserves a little deliberation, and that's going to bring us to Speedster Speculation. HR keeps on making reference back on his earth that he has a partner. Yes. You know, like, you know, I, I compared him to Steve Jobs, albeit a much more useless Steve Jobs, but every Steve Jobs must have his Wozniak. And that, that I think, is what we're being painted a picture of here, right? That if we are to believe what he says, which I realize, Bell, you don't fully believe what he says. But one way or the other, he does reference somebody very specifically back on his earth. Bell, who do you think this partner of HR is? Who do, who do you think that could be? Barry Allen. Oh, really? You don't think the flash of his earth is Barry Allen? Oh no, that's right. He does say there's a flash on his. Well, earth. He, but he never uh, clarifies that it's Barry Allen. We got we got a flash on one Earth that's Jay Garrick. Uh, you know, we got a flash on another Earth that's another Jay Garrick. Although the real Jay Garrick, you know, this a, it could be it could be anybody. We've yet to actually see another Earth. We've never experienced an Earth with another Barry Allen flash. It could be a Wally West flash. It, it yeah, that's also very true. Because I mean, that's the thing. You know, this this show does it a little bit, but they don't really touch on why. Uh, you know, because uh, Barry, Barry's a genius. Like Batman refers to him as the second greatest detective on Earth. That's true. Barry's very, very smart. He created Gideon. And sometimes the decisions that he makes on the show kind of makes me question that. <laughs> well, he's but, smart, but he's, he's smart, but impulsive. Right. I mean, that's really yeah. what it comes down to. This this Barry Allen, he is smart. I mean, we I, I wish I hope at some point we'll get a return of like the Sherlock thing that he did in the pre, the premiere. 
Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really cool. I like that. It, it would be it would be interesting to get back to more of the detective mindset of what he's doing. Uh, you know, but a lot of what he has been doing right now has been about figuring out the timeline, figuring out his powers, figuring out, you know, what does it mean to be a hero? What does it mean to have this team of heroes? What does it mean to deal with metahumans? But it would be cool to get a mystery that required him to kind of dig back into that. I'm, I'm feeling you there. But, but man, back to the question, who do you think is HR's partner back on Earth-19? Because, you know, there, there's that whole thing where uh, uh, in the first season, Wells was Barry's idol. And, you know, all he wanted to do was meet him. He's reading his book and all this kind of stuff. And I don't know, may, maybe it's something where, uh, you know, Barry gets to work. It, maybe there's like this this kind of idol relationship and, you know, Barry's working for him, implementing all of his ideas. I don't know. So you're sticking with that. Have we, uh, let me ask you this and, and chat room help out here as well. Have we ever actually met Ted Cord in the DC TV universe? I want to say they've mentioned his name. No, before. he's been ref Cord enterprise has been mef- referenced several times, but I'm trying to think if we've ever actually met him in the DC TV uh, universe or seen him in any regard there. Hang on. I'm going to do a quick Google search here. I think it could be Ted Cord. Like as as you've mentioned, he's been referenced several times. We're getting confirmation in the chat that we've never actually seen him. Uh, but but I was trying I was trying to think who could, you know, if if they go DC Comics, like if they go to the comics to the source material for pulling out some names, and they have done that in the past. They they are really good about like digging in and and uh, and finding different characters. If they're going to have a character, they tend to pull somebody from the source material. So I was trying to think, okay, if if Harrison Wells or if HR is the pseudo, you know, Steve Jobs, who would be his Wozniak and who would be a good Wozniak type of character from the comics? And the only person, or at least the one that kind of jumps to mind uh, initially is Ted Cord. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, that's the thing, though. We, we haven't seen anybody being cast for that, have we? Well, and that's the thing. Maybe it's going to be, you know, a surprise later on. Like, may it, it, it may be a situation where... You know, when we lose HR, when he goes back to his earth, it may be his his partner coming to get him and we could see, you know, potentially who whomever that may be. I, I think that that person is going to pl- like I'm not saying that it's alchemy. I don't know that it's like that kind of tie or anything like that. But I do think that this is an opportunity to perhaps introduce a character like a Blue Beetle or somebody of that nature. I hadn't thought about the fact that it could be a Barry Allen and perhaps they've got a reverse role on, on their earth. That'd be, that would be kind of interesting. Well, with doppelgangers, you know, that, cause that's the thing, right? When you cast somebody for a role, it's kind of like a big spoiler. Uh, but with doppelgangers, anybody on the cast could play any role from any other earth and you can keep it a secret a whole lot easier. Because it's the same actor playing it. You don't have to you know, do casting announcements. No, nobody's going to find the announcement for the cast. Uh, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I don't know. I, but I, if I had to guess, I would think it's going to be somebody on Team Flash, but just like you know, a doppelganger there. So like, I, my guess would be Barry just because I think it would be cool to see that scientific side of Barry come through and actually uh, you know, we get to see his genius and whatnot. But uh, mm-hmm. honestly, I, I'm just kind of pulling that out of, out of nowhere because uh, I, I think that would just be neat to see. Um but Ted Cord could make sense. Like, you know, Blue Beetle comes through and pulls him back. It's like, dude, I need you to come up with ideas because even though I'm a genius and can implement stuff, I can't think of things. It's kind of weird. Ooh, uh, or, and I'm just kind of throwing this out there, you know, uh, Blue Beetle was the source material. He was the inspiration for Owlman, uh, or I'm sorry, Night Owl from uh, from Watchmen. Really? Well, the second one. Yeah, Night Owl 2, the, the primary character of that, that, um, that, com- that graphic novel. Huh. 
Yeah. So, it, and, and we know, you know, if, if you're paying attention to what's going on in DC comics, or even if you're just aware of, you know, who owns what in that space, you know, they, they do own the rights to that character and they could theoretically, you know, their HR could be from a Watchmen type of world. That would be neat. Probably not. But I mean, like, you know, but it could be somebody like that. Dr. Manhattan. Could, could have a Dr. Manhattan. That's that's who it is. Maybe maybe HR is Doctor. I'm sorry, I couldn't even get it out. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that ain't happening. All right. All right, fair enough. Well, maybe that was kind of a weak speculation. I thought that'd be kind of interesting, but I guess not. I just I I, I don't think it's gonna be that pertinent to the rest of the series, uh, or the rest of this of the season. Well, I mean that's the thing, right? When I was thinking through like what could the speculation this week be, like right now there's not you know, Alchemy hasn't been making a lot of moves. Like we know that he's out there, but it's not he's he's not yet been that compelling of a villain for us to need to speculate about who he is, what his desires are. We don't know anything about him, like literally or her. I mean, we all we know about alchemy is that they're out there. They are doing something with, you know, there, there's some sort of connection with kind of the, the time change. And that's about it. We don't know what their motivation is. We don't know, you know, who they know or what they know. And we don't know what they want. Like, we don't know what their end game is fully. So there's not a whole lot of speculation at this point that we can really do about alchemy or that I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm kind of cool with alchemy being out there, but he, they just haven't driven that character to be crucial right now. Right. It's a, it's a bit of a lighter episode in terms of, you know, kind of taking a step back, focusing on some more of the supporting uh, or some characters that haven't had a lot of chance to get a lot of focus on them. You know, I figure we'll do a little bit more of some lighter speculation uh, to go along with this particular episode. Well, if you were caught up with Legends of Tomorrow, there would be some awesome speculation we could talk about that we talked about on Legends TV Talk last week. Uh, the the cliffhanger at the end of that episode was something just totally cool and totally relates to this podcast. But since you hadn't seen it, I'm not going to spoil it, nor are we going to talk about it because I'm super excited to see what's going to happen tomorrow on the show. And hopefully they'll, they'll reference what I'm talking about. Well, um, okay. So I, let me ask you this without spoiling anything. Does it have anything to do with either captain cold potentially coming back or the ghost of Eobarthon? No, then I don't care. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We've got some great listener feedback, but first we want to tell you about sponsor for this week's show, and that is the good folks at Bean Fruit Coffee. You like coffee? You want HR to pop in and bring you some wonderful locks and bagels? I know I do. I would love to wake up to locks and bagels every single morning, but I can't. But you know what I can wake up to every single morning? Good fresh cup of coffee from Bean Fruit Coffee. They've got some awesome, awesome roasts there, stuff that you're not going to find anywhere else. Really quality stuff, too. And if you use the code PODCAST, you get 5% off at checkout, beanfruit.com. Do it today, because when you do it, you help out this show and make it happen, as well as make your morning just a little bit tastier. Hey, this is Patrick Sabongi, and you're listening to Flash TV Talk. Listener feedback. We got a uh, Facebook message in from Brian uh, Bettany, who said, uh, Caitlin's fear of her powers instead of embracing them. And then he links to a, uh, a video of Yoda saying, fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. <laughs> yeah, Brian. See, that that's exactly what I was saying last episode is, is you know, like her emotional state is going to deeply affect how she travels to the dark side. We also got another Facebook message in from Ross. What did Ross have to say about this episode? 
Well, Ross writes, I thought the episode was kind of rushed. They focused more on the Barry Julian storyline than anything else. The B-plot of Caitlin visiting her mother was overshadowed by the random attack by the lab assistant. They could have easily stretched this plot line for a couple episodes, and I think they're rushing Caitlin's transformation into Killer Frost as Kevin Smith's episode is only two weeks away. The monster, quote-unquote, seemed out of place in the show, especially when it's revealed to be a hologram that's made by a bully genius. I think it would have made more sense if the monster was a boy who transformed when he was threatened. Uh, H.R. Wells, the sci-fi romance novelist. Ha! Uh, also, did you notice how blasé Barry is about Flashpoint now? Uh, Barry says, quote, I'm saying before two weeks ago, Julian didn't even exist. <laughs> and then Joe says, because of your Flashpoint. And Barry says, I know it's because of Flashpoint. <laughs> <laughs> Next week's episode, Shade, do you think has anything to do with the villain, the Shade? What do we think? Plus, Wally starts to have memories of Flashpoint. Looking forward to the next weeks. Thanks, guys. Ross. Yeah. Um, oh. we, you know, we, did, we didn't really focus as much on Barry just because obviously the focus wasn't as much on him this episode. But he had some great moments with, uh, you know, I always wanted to be a Jedi doing the ATAT thing, which they say at-at. Do you say at-at or ATAT? I see ATAT. I see ATAT. I wonder if that's like a regional thing, like different regions of the country or the world, you might say at-at versus ATAT. Well, if there's a lowercase t, then I'd probably say at-at, but since it's capital, I, I usually uh, you know, pronounce the letter. Yeah, exactly, like, right? And it's an acronym, too. Well, then you have the A-T-A-T and the A-T-S-T. You don't say at-est, you know what I mean? Like, that, that makes no sense whatsoever. It's A-T, it's A-T-A-T. I don't know. I'll, yeah, consistency I'll, is important. I'll argue anybody on that. Uh, but yeah, no, that's, uh, he had some great moments in there and actually the whole, like, yeah, because of flashpoint, I actually kind of liked the blase <laughs> attitude he has at this point. Cause it's like, he knows he can't go back and do anything about it. So he's just got to, you know, it's, it's more of like, yep, screwed up. I know, I know, I know. It's, it's kind of like the, uh, <laughs> the multi-pass scene from fifth element where Bruce Willis is like, she knows it's a multi-pass. And he's <laughs> like, I know I screwed up. <laughs> I know it's because of flashpoint. <laughs> oh man. We also got a great iTunes review in from T. Budman. Uh, he says, The Flash is speed. All right. So T. Budman says, Great podcast. These two substitute nuts are fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I guess that was from the episode where I was gone. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. It was, he says, It was like hearing cats with, hurting cats. Oh, hurting cats with them around. Uh, completely bonkers. And then he goes into a paragraph worth of a question about the speed involving math that I will let you follow up with him separately, Bell. Dude, T-Bud, man, holy crap. Like reading your comments, just a, a man after my own heart. Like that was, yes, yes, that is exactly, exactly what I do every single episode. <laughs> I sit there and I look at examples of like speed and I'm like, no, 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 no. Now, if he's only going Mach 2 or Mach 3 or something like that. There's no way that he's traveling. You know, it, 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 I, I've said it multiple times before at, uh, during the, the uh, premiere. We or no, this is the second weather. Uh, no, I think it was the first weather wizard episode. He sees the bolt of lightning come through the car and it's traveling extremely slowly. Lightning travels at 200 and something thousand miles an hour. And for Barry to see it move so slowly then he's got to be moving exceptionally fast. Now, I think these are under certain, you know, special uh, circumstances. I think that that's what uh, T-Bud Man writes as well, uh, that these are, you know, maybe it's a, it's a consistent speed that Barry can reach these, these mock values that they list in the show. But he has gone much faster than that, uh, as evidenced by, you know, math and, and, and extrapolating distances and things like that. So I, I read that entire paragraph and uh, I was just I, I was I was. I had, to, I had to fan myself. <laughs> <laughs> I do declare. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my word. <laughs> All right. Like this is what you need to understand here at flash TV talk headquarters. When bell and I get together and watch the show in the exact same room, uh, we have on either side of the room, two giant boards filled like two giant whiteboards filled with things. Bell has his whiteboard that is all filled with mathematics as he is calculating the science behind everything that is possibly being stated on the screen, the hashtag OMG science. I, on the other hand, have lines and circles and uh, post-it notes as I am trying to understand uh, and, and make sense of the rules of time travel as it exists. Between the two of us, we are trying to work the math and science and speed force for you. That is our job. That is why we exist. This is why we put our voices on the internet. It's not because you like the sound of our voices. We all know you hate it, but <laughs> we try to help you out where we can. T-Bud, man, I'm glad that you and Bell have just become best friends. That's awesome. Do uh, we just become best friends? Yup. Do you want to go do math in the garage? Yup. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are totally math bros. I'm loving it. Uh, by the way, tell your friends about this show. If you do enjoy listening to the podcast, we we hope that you uh, tell your friends as you're talking on uh, Flash forums or, or Flash message boards or Flash groups, wherever you may be, let them know about the Flash TV Talk podcast. If people are looking for a, a fun place to talk about the show, to get into, uh, yes, the uh, the time travel and, and science of it, but also the relationships and just having a good time. Let's get some more. Let's get some more folks tuning in. We'd love to. We'd love to have them join the uh, the community, ever growing community. Talk and Flash with us here, Flash TV Talk. You can of course follow us on Twitter. You can follow Bell and I at any time on our personal accounts. You can follow Bell at Ring That Bell. You can follow me at the Real Bo York. You can also follow the uh, show at Flash TV Talk. But if 140 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at potastery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y.com. And for the latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. Special thanks, as always, to Charlie Bach, who provides our outro music. You can see all of his music and listen to it at SoundCloud.com slash Charlie Bach. Be sure to show us some love by heading over to iTunes and writing us a review. Every single time we get a tenth, uh, a review of 10, 10 reviews, every single time we get a, uh, a multiple of 10 in terms of reviews, we love to give away free digital comics. It could be you. So head over to iTunes, write us that review. Don't forget that this coming weekend is Daylight Savings Time, so please don't forget... To turn back time so that you don't miss the episode <laughs> of The Flash in the following weeks. We want to make sure that you're taken care of there. Just make sure. I'm you, so glad you put that in there. I'm just, I, you know, it's got to be in there. It's got to be in there. Actually, we've gotten we've gotten a lot of tweets and Facebook messages with Cher uh, about turning back time this weekend. So. I- you we, know, I we've opened we get, the share floodgates. Okay, it's it's happened. Yeah, you know, what, what if we get do? remembered for anything, it's going to be for for share TV talk. That it's, one episode hashtag share TV. Like, make it happen. Fund it. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, no, never mind. I'm not going to commit to that. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> yes, indeed. So again, iTunes reviews. Uh, be sure to do that. And until next time, guys. Actually, I should. We should also mention next week here in the United States, we have our election. Um, Chances are this has been such a ridiculous uh, uh, political cycle that even if you're not in the United States, you're well aware of that fact. Here's the thing. We will not have a new episode of The Flash coming next week, which means we will not have a new episode of Flash TV Talk coming next week. But we do encourage you to check out next week Panel to Screen, where we will have a review of Doctor Strange, which is coming out this weekend. So if you are interested in that, or if you just want to hang out with Bell and I for, uh, for a week and talk about something other than Flash. Panel to screen is the place to do it. But until next time, guys, we'll be back in a flash.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.